back to the podcast. Today is just going to be a Q&A episode. Also, it's just going to be me and Caleb talking about pr- probably eschatology a little bit, the directions of our lives, what's been going on, and uh, just how to seek the Lord and, and find uh, purpose within his overarching story that is playing out in history and in our lives today. been a second bro it just I, I feel like i haven't done this in so long and also i feel like so much has happened since the last time we've been on here that i don't know it just it just <laughs> feels weird <laughs> like but it's uh been well, a whole week welcome to the creative curious podcast on this show we explore the nature and character of god through conversation stories and ideas and today my guest is Caleb Ward, our producer. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just uh, we wanted to to potentially leave it open for people to ask questions. Um, but Caleb and I have been wanting to do just a podcast with him and I for a while. and Or him and me. I don't know. Which one is it? Um, I think it's him and me because um, yes. the way you do it, it's like... <laughs> It never. We don't have to get into grammar. our our it's elementary fine. school teachers have brainwashed us yes. to think that it's always I, but it's dependent on how it would be if, if there you wasn't were, if you were just saying me exactly or I. exactly. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so bro, we've been uh we've been trying to really figure out because okay, so for people that may not be in our network of friends, uh, we're college students at Texas A and M University. And this is my last semester of school, which is crazy because just because of everything, my whole life journey and story is just wild in terms of education with dyslexia and not being able to read till the age of 10 and going through all these creative pursuits and then even coming into college like with my head way too big, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and trying to figure what that out what that is like coming in thinking I'm going to be an entrepreneur or a financier this you know connecting back with the heart of God in in college the same heart that I had with him whenever I was a young lad and getting this Aggie ring I mean all of this is just a blessing from God and even the major that I've landed in it just seems blessing so anyway we're trying to figure out what our life's looking like and a lot of things are changing but what is really cool is the lord is always good and he always wants to give clarity and direction he never wants to confuse and so when we're confused we have to know that the lord always wants to clarify for us he always wants to give us clarity he may not tell us what to do but he seeks for us to be settled and at peace he doesn't seek for us to like be all over the place in our head, and and so and he shows yeah. us that clarity in weird ways. Like normally, we just at least for me, I kind of just want the right answer. Mm. But he takes us through a process of showing us the actual right answer, where we have to make decisions ourselves. We have to be wrong sometimes. We have to. Um, allow ourselves to grow and be tested and struggle um, and so that we can actually receive 
clarity. Yeah. In much bigger terms than what we originally intended or what we originally thought clarity would be. And that's been happening in your life a lot. Yeah. Because you've been faced with some decisions and maybe it wouldn't be best to get into all of those. But but uh, I kind of want to just start with our dynamic. I don't even do people even know how we ended up working together and doing this because Uh, we're a weird combination. (laughs) We Caleb and I talk about this all the time how weird of a combination we are. We're kind of opposite people in, in it so probably many shouldn't ways. work. <laughs> but it's cool because like you look at cliques in in college and high school and you look at frats and whatnot and and in the world everybody to be friends with someone you kinda have to be the same. Mm. And if you look at like a fraternity it's like you see like 12 of the same exact person. <laughs> they dress the, the same, look the same. But in the kingdom of God, we're called to fully express our giftings as a part of a greater body that all function in different ways, but unified through the spirit of God leads to something incredible happening. And some, somehow people that... <laughs> should not be able to be friends and should not work right, work well because that's actually our true design. We weren't, tr- we weren't meant to be around clones right. of ourselves, and we're not called to be focused just on each other or similarities. We're called to be focused on something else outside of us, and that is God. And so mm-hmm. we both get to come together in our common focus on God, even though we see different aspects of him even though we each have a different piece of his heart and it doesn't always look the same um we get to come together and it's powerful because we're not the same and we shouldn't be the same that's a good point because if we're the we've talked about this before the lord jesus being the center of our life or us right and if you think about it god kind of is the perfect match for the bride of christ i mean we were made for him and he has so many, he has, he, the person of Jesus exuberates every character trait that is present in the body of Christ, right? We're right. supposed to look more like him and he embodies every ask. He knows, he knows how to relate with every single person right. in the way that they're made. And so when we put ourselves at the center, we have to surround ourselves with people that are exactly like us. Hmm. Because we're tr- that's what we're focused on. We want to be more of that, be more of us. We want more things to look like us. But when we put Jesus at the center, it's like in order for it to look like him, there has to be a pl- plethora of different personality traits, giftings. Because we can't do it ourselves. Yeah. It's just another example of how much we lack without God. Mm. We are broken and imperfect and we just have tiny pieces uh, and glimpses of who God is as a broken mirror and yet with God we get to glorify him um, mm-hmm. kind of the the metaphor like is um, in terms of the moon and the sun the moon can't create its own light and the moon can try to create its own light but it's not its own light we can try to say that the moon is shining, but it's actually the sun shining off the moon. And we ourselves can't shine by ourselves. It has to be God shining onto us and us reflecting it. 
and when we can come together it's beautiful because we get to see different aspects of god god's personality bro we have a rock in the sky yeah it just floats there <laughs> we just our earth has its own rock yeah it's like a pet rock we're pretty cool just that way just floating in the sky we don't we don't think that's weird <laughs> because it's always been there right and it talks about it in the bible and there it's are just, a lot of weird things on this earth that we're used to yeah. that should be very strange. <laughs> yeah, like even water. Water is one of the strangest materials, if you can even call it a material. Right, like it can is. be as hard as a rock if you hit it at a certain speed. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like what Pat, Pastor Eli was telling me the other day. He was like, he went to, he was talking about a story about a guy that went to a place where... It, he, he was like, did you know that, that when, uh, wa- wa- what is it? I, I forget, but it basically it makes it sound like water becomes like concrete or something. Right. But he's really, tension. he's really just talking about ice. And these people, it never was cold there. So they never have seen ice. Oh. And they thought it was like this crazy thing. Water becoming solid as mm-hmm. rock. <laughs> well, and that... Uh, that brings up the question, how much are we taking for granted? Because mm. it's not that we're just used to things, but we actually take things for granted. Something that, a concept that um, I've been really um, thinking about lately is that not even our breath is our own. The Bible says that it's God's breath in our lungs. And so <laughs> if everything, including our breath, is God's and a gift from God, then that means that we have no rights. We have, we're not entitled to anything. Instead, it's everything that God has given to us, and we need to be grateful for those things. It is weird. We don't even think about breathing. No. It just happens. But, yeah, God is the breath of life. He, he fills us with the breath of life. And without the breath, if he takes away his breath, we return to the dust. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing, right? Because it doesn't feel right. We know something's wrong with that. We know that's not... Deep down, some reason, you know, even as Christians, right? We've been to funerals. Yeah. And... We have such a hard time believing in death, even though we know that it's obvious. It doesn't make sense. No. But... When we have faith, it's like for some reason, for at least for me, and I don't know if I'm just like mm-hmm. have emotional issues or, but, but I'm always, it's there's a, especially when you come together with family and, and different things. There's this, there's this happiness and there's just joy. Right within a funeral, there's this, wow, we get to be together, and then that's when you actually start appreciating those little things of being together when there is. Someone you can't be with anymore. Right. You're like, whoa, okay, I actually, I want to be here with you guys. I want to talk to you. I want to enjoy with you. But for some reason, I've always had a, obviously I've gotten emotional and I've cried at, at a funeral, but but I've always known, especially if I've known their relationship with God, that this isn't it. I know it's not it. I have faith that, Jesus is going to return to raise them from the dead. And 
And so that takes out the the sting of it. Right. But there's there's a confusion, right? Right. Because it wasn't meant to be this way. So there's this unnatural thing that is a result of the curse. Right. Uh, The curse says that we'll return to the dust, and Mm. it doesn't really make sense. Uh, Just like how can the other parts of the curse, in terms of like painful childbirth, something that's bringing life is so painful, it these things don't necessarily make sense because that's not how God designed it. And yet we have to live in a broken world. Isn't that crazy? That's like why we bury people Mm. in caskets because of like the promise that Jesus is going to raise us from the dead that we want, even though we're like deteriorating inside the casket, you know, and it like all kind of turns into rot and dust. I know it sounds super brutal. I hadn't brutal. thought about that. That's why we bury people so that we're ready. Hmm. And that's why people want to be buried in Jerusalem because, and in Israel because he's going there. Right. And so they want to be where he is. Interesting. I've yeah. never heard of that or thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Because for some reason, I don't know if it's just because how I'm raised or I don't know if there's something biblical about it necessarily, but. I wouldn't want to be cremated. I'm like, uh, I might feel that or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> I for cremation, I think it's necess- It just depends on the culture and how yeah. you're raised. But either way, it's not like God's gonna be like, oh dang it, I wanted to raise them up, but yeah. oh well. <laughs> yeah. So like for you, let's talk about this because you have been trying. You've been making some decisions. Yeah. And it, you've had to give things up mm-hmm. that were near and dear to you. H- how's that process been for you, and what did you like learn through that? Yeah, so, um, well, I won't get into everything because that wouldn't be honoring to yeah. um, the people involved. But essentially, I had to make the decision um, whether... Uh, whether or not to stay with um, being a youth leader at Antioch, um, at my church. Uh, I was a youth leader for about two years, and I loved it, um, and I loved the kids. And there's been a lot of changes lately where it's like a lot of people, the youth pastor and a bunch of the youth leaders, including Bailey. (laughs) Um, What were you going to say? Dipped out. Yep. Um, And so... Everyone was leaving, and a new youth pastor came in and um, has changed a lot of things, and that was hard because I'm not a huge fan of change, but it's also like when I was younger and in um, in youth myself, um, there were a lot of similar changes, and it um, caused some resentment and pain and anger in me that mm. I didn't even realize. I had to God showed me that recently, and yeah. I had to work through that. In order to get freedom, um, but essentially, I felt like God was leading me away from um, youth leading and into something else, which I don't necessarily know fully what He's going to do, but or what He's leading me into. But um, it was kind of like I had to step off the step off the ledge into what God is calling me to do. And trust and believe that he says I'll fly even though I know that gravity is a thing. Yeah. And that is terrifying. 
especially for someone like me who doesn't like change, who doesn't <laughs> like um, leaving or upsetting people or um, going against what I think is the right thing. Because the right, in my mind, the right thing is you have to stay and no matter what happens, you can't just like leave yeah. um, or drop something um, and it might hurt people. Um, Cause I didn't want to do um, to my, to the youth kids what happened to me. Um, but when I was in youth, um, but what God was showing me was if he has something better for me, then he also has something better for the kids. I need to trust this new youth leader and the other youth, um, this new youth path, path this new youth pastor and the other youth leaders. And I need to trust God. Yeah. Because if I can let go of the unforgiveness, the pain, um, the bitterness um, from my own childhood, then I can be, believe in and be excited about what God is going to do for them, for me and for everyone else involved. Yeah. And so it's like I had to step off that ledge and leave what I'm comfortable with, what I like, what I know and see what God is going to do. Yeah, like we were kind of talking about before earlier when we were going to the store, picking up some of my juice, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> Little Red Bull. It's funny. Uh, a man I'm friends with at the White Creek Community Center, his name's Frank. And he's like, bro, better watch out. That'll, that'll give you wings, you know, <laughs> the Red Bull. Um, but we're talking about how the, the cross is an open door right, to starting a relationship with God and, and receiving the Holy Spirit. But that's the beginning. And it almost seems like the further you get, it, at first, it seems like these decisions, this pruning process, this getting rid of these big sins in your life and these right. these big things that don't honor God and these life ideas. All the lies that we're believing. Yeah, just deconstructing all of that. Because yeah. if you don't follow the Lord, you're subject to all different types of lies, all different types of sports, spiritual warfare, and really a lack of purpose. And even the people what? that consider themselves good, good people, yeah. it's all—it's either perfectionism or yeah. people pleasing or thirty different things. But once you get further down the line, what you realize is the harder choices actually come later. Yeah, for some reason, and it's sometimes hard when we're making choices in ministry. We're, we know God is the the number one uh, reason we do any of this. We want right. to honor Him. But it's sometimes hard to differentiate between what the Lord is saying, what other people's opinions are, what you want to do, what tradition is, what the, the tradition is as far as, oh, no, it's the godly thing to do to stick with this, but if the Lord is telling you to go some other direction, right? then, in, in, then it's not the godly thing. And what's crazy is because we think the, the hardest decisions come at the beginning, right. which in many ways it's hard to make those decisions, but it's not necessarily harder decisions. And it makes sense because once we actually develop a relationship with someone, 
there's so much more weight behind the decisions we make. Right. And, and it's also like everything with God is a process and a journey. He's and if you think about education, um, they're not you're not gonna give a like a preschooler a calculus test. Hmm. But you give it to a like a senior in high school or in college right. because they've grown, they've learned, they've gone through smaller tests. And so then once they've gotten to the point where they can understand the concepts, where they can understand the foundation that's been laid for them, then they can build it upon it with the harder decisions, with the more powerful things that we want to get to immediately but god has later down in the mm. line mm. for me it's like i want to go ahead and finish all the things and like have that my house my building um perfectly completed <laughs> and nice and clean and order organized but that's not how it works it's the process of Okay, I built something and then it falls apart. I built something else, it falls apart. Okay, God, God's going to give me this piece and then I build on that and it falls apart. Then God's going to mm -hmm. give me another piece. It's like, it's the process of remembering and forgetting, of, of turning to him and turning away. It's the process of two steps forward, one step back. There's different yeah. phrases we could use to describe it, but either way, it's not going to happen immediately for me the hardest thing is always asking god for like a tiny home or mm -hmm. a regular size suburban house in a sense as far right. as life goals and and what i want and desire and hey god i would love to fit in this box yeah i would love if we want I to fit in a box i would love if i could honor you in this way yeah He's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm trying to build a skyscraper with your life. And it's like, wait, God, but but look at these people. This has been proven. This right. has been duplicated. I I, I think here's, I'm, I'm good nice with that. Here's a nice 10-step process. I'm good with that. Yeah. But he always has a way of saying, no, no, we're going to build a, a new extension or we're going to add another floor or level. Um, Isn't it so? Or we're gonna that move God out. Has something better for us than what we have for ourselves. Yeah. Or we're gonna leave this house. Yeah. And we're gonna move to a new plot of land that has more yeah. expansion. I don't know. We're talking nuances. Um, well, you wanna break into what any about, other subject? Well, think about this real quick. Um, in terms of what we what you mentioned with the cross, with we start there, we have that foundation, and then we build upon it. Mm. Jesus didn't stop at the cross either, so why should we? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're talking about is one thing I've been discovering lately is, and not even really discovering this, but it finally clicked for me, is we always talk about, and there's a great podcast called The Apocalyptic Gospel. Um, I think you can find it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's from our, our buddy and teacher, Josh Hawkins really fantastic guy has touched my life and he always talks about and he says this in the bible in the in the podcast all the time he says eschatology drives discipleship and i always thought okay how the heck 
What does he mean by that? Like, we understand the importance of both, but how do they fit together? Yeah. How does the study of the end times play anything to do with me teaching someone how to follow Jesus? And it didn't really make a lot of sense for me until I started to realize what he meant by that. And it's it's a very, like, big brain, like, uh, what, what do you call it? Scholarly word, eschatology. Yeah. And the ideas on these podcasts. And so it's hard for me to even follow. And I, it's very pedantic. I like to study this stuff a lot. But the idea is that the Lord has a plan. And he decided to lay out that plan in a very specific way. And what's cool about that is things aren't undefined. We don't have to wonder what what God's plan is. We don't have to wonder um, how it's going to be fulfilled. Right. And we don't have to wonder how to join in with it. The, the Bible describes all of those things. And one thing that probably every evangelical church in the entire U.S. believes in is going to the nations, making disciples of all nations. And we all know that's good, right? Right. But why is that good? Well, we know the, the Great Commission. Okay. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them how to keep my commandments or something like that. And basically teach, discipling them, right. right? And so, okay, we know that that's a command. But what what's what's the purpose of that command? Okay, well... He says, then the end will come. Well, why do we want the end to come? Because it seems like for the, <laughs> the, the majority of my life, I've been afraid of the end, right. the apocalypse or whatever, you know, the 2012 the that unknown. just seems scary. People are like, oh, now nah, I'm going to be raptured up. Dude. <laughs> like, I'm going to be out of here. Like, no, it's because Jesus Christ is the answer. Not just the answer spiritually for us to be sanctified on our own, but Jesus Christ, the man, is the answer to the entire world's problems, right? Not just us individually, not just so we can be holy and live good lives, but so all pain and suffering will end so that anybody starving to death will no longer be starving to death, that all corruption, all evil principalities and powers will be dealt with. We say we want world peace, but what's the way to actually get world peace? Yeah, but the idea behind it is that Jesus, God, the scriptures, lay out this very clear plan of certain conditions right. that have to be met for his return. So there's this there's this saying that we, we have, which is, um, why are you doing what you're doing and who are you doing it for? And so there's this idea with missions. Well, I, I, these people need to, to know about Jesus so they don't suffer. And I think that's that's one aspect of it. We don't want anybody to perish. And the, the Lord's heart is not for anybody to perish. But really... We need people to know the Lord because God wants to know them. So we're tending to the Lord's heart. Right. And 
through the nations being reached, through churches praying for the Lord's return and us provoking uh, the Jewish nation to, to jealousy and for them calling out for the, the Messiah, for, for Jesus Christ to return to the earth. There's some type of causative and interactive, intertwined relationship between the church and the saints and the return of the Lord. And we don't know exactly how that works, and it's not one or the other. It's not that we do something and the Lord's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come now. Right. Like, oh, you guys finally figured it out. <laughs> But it's way more complex than that. It's this sovereign stirring yeah. of the church globally to unite under the essentials that Jesus came, Jesus is coming, and Jesus come. Right. This prayer this, come. And, and unifying under that. And and that is why we go to the nations. And so to to put the pen on what I'm talking about here. The idea of eschatology is just what is the end goal? What is the finish line that Jesus has? And that is why we're enduring to the end because even when it gets tough, we know that Jesus is going to keep his word, that he's going to return and he's going to restore everything in the proper way that he designed it to be restored. And that is why that just drives discipleship because it's it endures. Right. And some people I know would say um, that, eschatology um is just an excuse focus on eschatology is just an excuse to be lazy or it mm. encourages laziness because it's like oh jesus is coming we don't have to do anything but actually jesus said and what you just said is the exact opposite of that it actually should stir our hearts and excite us and be like okay we need to yeah get excited about this we need to pursue this we need to reach out to the, all the nations because if jesus is coming then not only do we want that to happen as quick as possible with all the pain and suffering yeah but we also want to reach out to every person so that as many people as possible can be with god yeah because we don't want them to be thrown into the lake of fire well and not only that but the bible the scriptures lay out and show us that we play an essential role right that it's not just we're existing for a time right. so that we can have a relate like so that we can have a relationship with god now so that our fate is sealed and we're good it's we play a role in the coming of of the lord we play a role in in the cosmic plan that he has said set out that he's playing and it, that's exciting it's exciting so here's a, a random well, not random question for you, but what do you think um, about this? So is God's will, will God's will happen with or without us, or does it hinge on us saying yes? Neither. Yeah, it's both. It's like right. it's God will use who choose to follow him so on an individual level yes his will will be done regardless of what you choose but on a on a, on a plan level obviously it's been prophesied that these things will come to pass right and so there's nothing that can stop these things from coming right it's our individual choice 
to join in with this or not. And the cool thing is we don't have to understand all of right. this in order to join into it. The church has already been doing it for centuries and not really getting all of this. Right. But the what what Josh has taught us and what I am, am getting from it is that when we are unified under this understanding, it becomes much more powerful, much more compelling, and it gets a lot more exciting because it's like, whoa, God actually wants me to play a role in the story of all of creation and all of history. Right. And if it's, it's very cool. And if it's both divine plan and free will, then we don't have to have all the answers. We just, like you were saying, get our little piece. We get the piece of the heart of God that God has given to us specifically as a member of the body of Christ. And if we can work together with other members that have different pieces, different roles, yeah, then we can truly be the body of Christ and yeah. be effective. Exactly. And the way I've been seeing it is since we don't have to wonder what the ultimate purpose is. The ultimate purpose is the Lord Jesus Christ restoring everything back to its original state. Perfection. The breaking of the curse. Yes. So we don't have to wonder what we should do. But the question is then, in the fullness of our giftings, where are we most effective in this plan? Right. And that's where like the fivefold ministry comes in, what people know as the fivefold ministry. Right. And and and, and seeking a personal relationship with the Lord to to really discover where am I best fit? You know, am I best fit at the home front? Right. Am I best fit to to go to the nations and establish new churches so that all of people groups may be reached and all people groups may love the Lord and call out for the Lord? You know, or am I meant to teach people? Am I meant to, you know, disciple college students now, the next generation of leaders that can go? I I think many times we may simplify it too much or not, maybe not simplify it too much, but we, as individual denominations, ministries, we're like, well, this is the way. Right. And we care so much about method instead of, relationship and heart and i think that's one of the things that the the ministry that i'm a part of does so well is they know that friendships and relationships are important and and that's where it is loving god and loving others so well and um what i've really seen is that if all the all the teachers get together and go to one church or yeah, all the, that's the problem right yeah or all the apostolic leaders or pastors um or more um specific if all of the people that care about um biblical understanding and context go to one mm. church if all the people who care about um personal growth and equipment go to one church uh, evangelism yeah. evangelism if they all go to different churches then how can we be the body of Christ? Yeah. If all the hands are off in one corner and the eyes aren't helping the hands at all, where how are the hands going to know where to go? Yeah. And we need all of us. I think that's what's coming. I, yeah. I really believe it is that we're 
moving towards a place of unity. But I don't think, I think the parable of the wheat and the weeds is a perfect analogy. It's like, let them grow together until the day of harvest so you can distinguish between them easily and you don't, you know, accidentally uproot something that shouldn't be uprooted. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily our job to have all the answers or to figure out everything. God's the one that will root it up and throw away the weeds. Yeah. And so we don't have to like, today there seems to be so much division of like, okay, this person is a little bit over here on this issue. So we're going to say he's a heretic and a false teacher or this person's, uh, focuses a little too much on what God wants to do here right now in your life or um, too much on missions or too much on one of the things. Um, And yet, if they're all pieces of God's heart, if we can come together on the important issues and let the hand do what the hand's called to do, then why are we casting them out? Why can't we um, let everyone grow and God take care of everything? Mm. Yeah, man. Um, by the way, yeah. uh, we have um, no questions right now, but we said this was a Q&A. So if anyone yeah. has a question for us or is interested in the topic and wants us to expand on something, we would love to hear your guys' thoughts and um, discuss with you guys. So what do you, uh, for like things that, what causes something to last, you know? Mm. What causes something to last? Like, if something, you know, I think we we're kind of in this time where if it's like if it works, mm-hmm. then it mean then 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 it's good, you know. Right. If it works, it's good, but it doesn't seem like everything that works is always what we should be doing. That's and very so, true. Like, is an indicator that the don't fix it if it ain't broke thing. Well, it's like. If something lasts a long time, right? Does does that mean it's like does, is that a is that an indicator that there's something there, you know? Well, I think that with everything, I'm gonna run the restroom real fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think with everything, it all depends on what God's plan is. So if God allows something to last, there's a reason for it. If God allows something to collapse and there's a reason for it um i but the truth is the focus should be on what will always last so what we know will last is the foundation which is jesus cross or jesus came he died he rose again he sacrificed himself for our sins and he's coming back again he is coming back again we can't just leave that off but we also can't Uh, focus too much on it it's a balance of everything and that is the foundation and as long as we know that that is what lasts then everything else is just building on top of it and so if god will burn away everything i believe it's talking about in second peter um the fire will come and destroy everything um that was built of i think it's talking about like hay or whatever it's but essentially it's like The fire is going to burn away everything that isn't of God. And when that day comes, we can either freak out or we can do what God has called us. We can have the foundation and continue to build upon it. Mm. And so if 
we're not so concerned about what is going to last, what isn't, if we're not so focused on this earth and being terrified of losing things, then we can sacrifice to God what is God's, which is everything. <laughs> and we can receive the gifts that he wants for us to have. Looks like we had a question there. Uh, no, that was a comment earlier. Oh, okay. What'd they say? Uh, I'm not sure what Logan the Texan was talking about, oh, but he said, Logan. wow, new to me here too. So nice. something was new to him. <laughs> nice. nice, nice. Logan, what's up, bro? Um, dude, this is kind of off topic. What do you think about gene editing? <laughs> and I wanted to talk about this because I've been thinking about okay. it. Okay. Do you think it's like bad? Do you think it's playing God? I mean, a hundred percent it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. almost wondering why we're able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Explain. So I think I was talking to someone about this the other day. Is Yeah, I was explaining this to my sister, actually. She's in law school right now, right. and I love having conversations with her. Um, God created creation as a, an expression of his love and a gift, and, and he created it perfect. It was good, right? Man corrupted it. Right. But that doesn't take away the fact that creation is vast and expansive. But it did introduce um, basically, what would you call, uh, perversion into it. We've taken things and we've perverted it. We've made them, we've decided what is right or wrong and... And I think, I forget who was telling me this, and this may not be accurate at all, but this idea of, or this scripture on, in, in those days, man will only, the, the sins of man will only be limited to their imagination. And my friend was telling me about just some weird gene editing things they're doing. I don't even really want to get into it, because it just creeps me out. Right. And... He showed me a video uh, of one of it, and there was just this, it felt like this demonic aura around it, and I don't know why, but it just, something in me was like, this is so wrong. I mean, I could, I mean, I'm sure if I said it, everybody would be like, yeah, that's wrong. Right. Um, but it felt so weird, and. And, but it got me thinking, like, why can we even do that? And I think it's because, like, it, talking about God leaving us up to our own, you know, we've rejected God. And, right. and with that, we want to take the power and we want to try to do it without him. It's like the Tower of Babel. Yeah. They were trying to, the Tower of Babel is a pyramid, was a pyramid. And what we know about pyramids is they were used for sacrifices we talked about this if you if you want to learn more about it in the michael weidman episode on uh, world domination or whatever um and so they were trying to be rulers of the world um be over the world as god designed it to be through harnessing demonic spiritual power instead of using god's way of right. doing it and it seems like that's kind of what we're trying to do with science, with this 
with the Neuralink technology, like putting a chip in our head so that we can control things with our minds. And not only that, but that chip can write information to our brain, make us feel certain things, implant memories or whatever, potentially. Along with gene editing and and creating AI to AI brains and super intelligence and just all of this, something about it to me just seems contrary to the way that God creates. And I know most people are like, oh, well, technology is amoral. You know, it's, it's just a thing that we made. And I think as we progress, it's getting less and less amoral and more... I don't know. There's just this weird demonic kind of feeling around it to me, at least. Well, and whether or not everyone working in those fields are under like demonic influences, we're not saying that, (laughs) but what we are saying is that the, while the devil's plan will fail, the devil is working in the world around us and we need, and we're not saying that this is like the the mark of the beast or anything no. crazy like that. What we're saying is that we need to be wise and discerning about what we do. And we're seeing things now where people are essentially, it's not only like man versus nature of man one, but like man actually won against nature. <laughs> Like, we are rejecting every sort of natural thing in this world. We are rejecting um, anything that God created mm. in ter- for what we created. Yeah, you're seeing this in social, like, in the, in the social world and culture right. right now. You're seeing people canceling everybody and everything that has anything to do with the natural way of living in the traditional sense, anything that has to do with the fundamentals of life is con- is, is rejected like, and replaced with something disgusting. Right. And that's celebrated for some reason. Uh, and it's just increasing, it seems like. Yeah, it is. But here's the thing. Even at its height, humanity will fall Mm. our pride will fall because we aren't god we can try to play god all we want Mm. but we're not god and we aren't the ones that design the world as hard as we try to design our own world we aren't the ones that wrote the laws of nature so we can't change nature why do we do that then why do we try to win a game that can't be won like and you and I'm not even talking on a grand scale, even. There's so many. We're things. like I know that I shouldn't do this, but maybe. Maybe I'll be the exception. Yeah. Or. But it feels good. Why do we do that? I think because I was reading Oswald today. It's like sin. The result of sin isn't always just punishment from God, but the result of sin, is. An unconscious delusion. Yeah. So unconscious disconnection with reality. I forget the word he used. Maybe disreality. I don't know. 
But the more you sin, the more you recognize it as not wrong. But it still hurts you. It still hurts everybody around you. Yeah. But you have just entered in to this fairy tale that you want to believe is true. But it, the the end result is, oh man, it's so so it's weird. It's not true. Yeah. Um. It's just like I mean the original sin of Adam and Eve, going against God's will, trying to gain knowledge for themselves and be God themselves and rejecting God. And that's what Lucifer did. He wanted to be God. He was envious and prideful. Um, so how do you think as like Christians, we should be engaging this culture? Like, how do you think, is this like a battle we should just step out of? Or is this a battle that we need to be providing alternative ways of thought? Like, mm. What we're doing right now is we're obviously not agreeing with the ideas right. of the world. And people can see this and people can listen to it and it could potentially sync them up with what truth is. Well, but um, Or should we just be yeah. focusing on individual relationships and... Mm meeting people and being friends with them and or even conform ourselves i think that Mm -hmm. um what i love is that it's kind of like god god works in amazing ways it's like god prepares us for individual conversations with random bits of information and all these different things and it's like um my pastor um back home in austin i went home um two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, and uh, heard a sermon. He was talking about um, the book of Daniel and how um, the Babylonians um, essentially, like, killed almost all of the adults and brought in all these young boys, made them eunuchs, Mm. and changed their names from glorifying God to... um, like worshiping um, their gods and like for Daniel specifically that he was given a girl's name mm. and was scholars are pretty sure that he was essentially required to dress like a girl mm. and That's weird. <laughs> right and so it's like all of these like they're these young boys who have been cut off from their past and their future and are thrust into this dark evil sinful culture and what are they called to do what do they do well even though daniel was given this um this name he always goes by daniel he does not let their identity take hold of him he insists and claims the identity god gave him and so for us are we so focused on the world and what the world has told us, the lies we believe since we're children, all of these different things that attack us, or do we are we focused on the identity God gave us? Yeah. And he did create us perfectly. And, um, and then it's like, um, once they know their identity, are they going to um, bow down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar are they or are they going to be risk being thrown into the fire? Are they going to pray to um, to Nebuchadnezzar? Or are they going to be thrown into the lion's den? Yeah, and I th- I think 
that is why, like what you described as the Babylonians, because things, it's, it's for one, progressing that way. Right. And there's a ton of things like that going on in our world right now. And that is why walking with Jesus is so much bigger than just your individual relationship with God. It's so much bigger than just you res- like being saying a prayer and being saved so that you can go to heaven. Jesus didn't stop at the cross, it's so a, why should we? It's about all of these evil injustices right. having to speak for what they've done and, and getting judged accordingly. Right. It's for all of these things to end. We need this to end. We need all of the pedophilia to end. We need the, the, the food shortages and all of that to end. We need murder to end. We need lies and deception and, and, and sexual morality. We need all of this stuff to be gone. And how is that going to happen? Well, we have to play into the, the plan of the Lord. And that's why this it transcends just you being saved. It's so much bigger than that. The Lord's plan is is so much bigger than you or me. It's a and it's it's a more than just us having a good life, right? It's a, how do we help the story? How do we join in to the already established plan so that we can play a role in all of these disgusting injustices? Right. being in being over for and, once once and for all and if you look at daniel and then shadrach meshach and abednego in the book of daniel they didn't necessarily have a happy life right they faced a lot of persecution but when told to eat the meat um that was uh prepared and sacrificed to um the demonic gods they refused and only ate um i think it was bread and vegetables yeah when uh, forced to bow down and worship um, Nebuchadnezzar and the other gods, they refused, and um, they were thrown into the lion's den and into the um, into the fiery furnace. And yet, in both instances, God provided. It can be easy to either focus on the bad too much or on the good too much, but you have to see both pictures. You have to see yeah. that they suffered but also that God provided. They mm. were thrown into the fire, but they were not burned because there was another one in the fire as well, and that yeah. was Jesus. Mm. They refused to eat the um, the meat sacrifice to the other um, demonic gods, and yet they grew healthier despite not eating all the, uh, the rich and amazing food. And Daniel chose to pray to God even though he was going to be thrown into the lion's den, and yet the lions didn't eat him. So why did they, how, what what allowed them to be so strong in their faith that way? Because I'm sure there were some people that were like, yep, I'll eat the meat, you right. know, whatever. Most of, I think all but four of them, yeah. Mm. I think um, the biggest thing is they had the foundation, they, had, they knew who God was, and what God was had done and going to do. They knew mm. um, he had brought them out of Egypt. He'd given them the Ten Commandments. He'd made a covenant with them. 
he said he would do these things and he did and they knew what he was going to do they knew that the cycle would end that um the messiah would come that um that they would be brought back into their land and restored um like it talks about in jeremiah um and isaiah and etc um the other prophets so they knew what god had done and what he was going to do um my favorite verse in the bible is in sec is in timothy and it says um even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. And so mm. if God is faithful, and he cannot change that because that's who he is, then what that means is we can trust in that as our foundation. Mm. We can trust that God is who he says he is, did what he said he would do, and is going to do what he says he'll do. And so if we know all that, then we can place our identity in that. We can place our identity in who God called us to be and who he created us to be. Hmm. And so then when all this chaos and craziness bombards us, we can stand strong on a firm foundation. Boom. You want to end it there? Well, we have a question if do we, want we to answer it. Yes, uh, we yeah, do. Let's, let's take it. Okay. So, <laughs> what are some experiences y'all have had where you know God is working behind the scenes and trying to accomplish something? It's mm, a great question. What are some experiences God is working behind the scenes? You know we're I, in Texas cuz they used y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Why would you ever use you all? I I don't <laughs> use y'all. That's probably the first time I've said it in a long time. I say uh, you guys. Yeah, it's because you gay. No. <laughs> uh, uh, can I say that these days? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I see. I, I think when I look back at most life changing circumstances in my mm-hmm. life, I always see God's hand. Yeah. And I think that's a combination of in those times submitting to the Lord's will. And I think it's just God's sovereignty over my life. He cares. I I gave myself to him as a as a child. You know, yeah. I, I I received the Holy Spirit and and I always always remember these wonderful ideas and experiences with God and and even when we stray off not saying that's okay and i wish that in the later years of high school and the beginning of college that that i hadn't chosen my own way of doing things um i really wish that that never happened like i i'm not one of those people that are like yeah it's like you know i do think god can use it but i I, i'm not glad about it you know right and so when I look back at all of these life events, past, uh, you know, jobs, business ventures, relationships, ministry, discipleship, mentorships, um, projects, like, and, and just growing in general, what I see is the hand of God. Yeah. What I see is things that lined up, things that had been placed behind the scenes that I could not have coordinated on my own, 
that there could not have been it's just so many circumstances, so many coincidences <laughs> over and over that there's no other explanation. Now, I often, I, I've talked about this before, like a long time ago, is when, let's say like you really like a girl and you're planning a date. So you like, you're like, oh, this would be great. And you go and like check out the area before and you make sure, okay, this is a place I want to go or, or take them to. And you're kind of preparing things beforehand. And it's like if we do that in the natural right now, if we do that for a person that we don't even hardly know, mm-hmm. that we can't fully love in the same way God does, how much more is God setting things into place, laying things out for us because he loves us so much? And I have confidence that the Lord is establishing things for us and in, 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 in in making way for us to join in with his plan more effectively, more directly. And this doesn't mean he determines what we do. I don't think God determines what we do. I don't think he controls our decisions. Right. I truly believe that we have free will and we can choose to, even if we have the Holy Spirit, I believe we can choose to not follow him anymore. Um, but God's not going to let us go easily, right. <laughs> you know, and God is powerful. He's going to establish things and he's going to lay things out for us. So, yeah, that's that's my answer. I don't know if I have a distinct, I, yeah. I could give you a distinct example, but I think just culminating it or or explaining it in culmination like that would would be much more effective yeah i think that there are i mean i could think of uh, dozens of examples of god working behind the scenes and that is why it's actually so important to be thankful because if we're in those moments where we don't know what's going on and we know that who god we know the god we serve and what he's done in our life and in the world then it's like okay we're training our brain to be thankful for those things and we're in that moment of uncertainty and suffering and frustration which kind of like i talked about at the beginning where i was kind of in that and still kind of am of uncertainty but if i've trained my brain to be thankful for what god does and is doing then i get excited instead of frustrated or scared or anxious you you have to be thankful Yes. And I think some one thing that I've learned is you at least for me, maybe some other people are different ways. And and some and you can see, but I don't believe that I ever fully see what the Lord's doing behind the scenes Never. until I'm way further down the line. And, and I even then back. I don't think we're ever going to actually know the full extent. Yeah, until we meet him. Yeah. You know, in, in the age to come until he returns until we're you know, in heaven, in a sense, in a sense. Uh, one distinctive way, one example I can tell you right now is I remember my first semester at A&M, I was trying to rush a fraternity. I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew was this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but I was doing it anyway. And I remember after I accepted a bid from a certain fraternity, I 
quit the next day. <laughs> and there's a million reasons, but the, the biggest reason was I literally felt the Lord just saying, you know you're not meant to be here. You know I have better things for you. Mm. I'm like, and so I quit, but shortly after that, I remember being in my house with little to no like decorations. I had just like kind of moved here. I didn't really, I was always out of the house, so I didn't really focus on putting anything there. It was just kind of white walls and a bed and and I'm a very aesthetic guy. I love creating rooms and and interior decorating. I, I love that kind of thing. And when I was laying there, I remember being super depressed, just looking at these blank walls. It felt like, I felt confused. I felt like this was prison. You know, it's just white walls. I'm in this box. And I just like quit this thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel kind of sick from just staying up too late all the time. And and then a, f- a few months ago, sitting in the seat that you're sitting in right now and looking at everything in here and just c- realizing wait, how did this happen? <laughs> like, I don't feel like I did this. It just kind of happened and I woke up here. I remember, like, taking the steps to, you know, collect different microphones and mic arms and cameras and getting the equipment and painting the walls and putting in wood flooring. I remember doing all of that. I remember the sh- the screws that I put in and the the networking that Aiden and I did to to fully cable manage all the freaking hundred of cables that are in this place. I remember doing those things, but in that moment when I sat there, I was just in this place of thankfulness because I was like, "This was not my idea. This was not my plan, and I can't take credit for this." There's just no way. I just felt this sense that I kind of popped up here. Yeah. And so to see that duality of like having nothing and then having all this stuff and in between all this sanctification happening because I didn't just pop up to here right now loving the Lord in the way I do, but there had to be all of this road of trying to live for myself, trying different things, boom, 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 boom. Because when all of this started with media or anything, it wasn't for God at all. But, and although I made those decisions, I can clearly look back and see, oh, God played a role in me getting these desires to do these things so that he may use it one day. And, and I had so no you idea. created like a podcast and got all this momentum going. And that was good because God used that even if, it wasn't glorifying God specifically yeah. because when the transformation happened and when you, it, when this became creative curious and you started focusing on glorifying God, he was, he didn't throw away all the stuff you'd already done. He didn't yeah. just like get rid of everything. Instead, he used that in a different way. Bro. And I sucked. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> I was like, in, I often look back you know, to go back to like the hand of God thing, when is God working behind the scenes? I, he's often working behind the scenes from stopping you from being successful (laughs) in things. Because if I was successful with mindless millennials, 
we wouldn't be here right now. And, you know, my britches would have been way too big. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just thankful for the Lord. So I hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah. And I think, um, and I could go into a story as well, but I think what I love is um, a a good biblical example. Mm. Um, My favorite example of how God works and his plan and how everything is strangely working out is Paul. So God tells Paul Mm. that, um, he did kill people. (laughs) Well, there's that, but God tells Paul that he wants Paul to go to Rome and to, um, share the gospel with the emperor. And so Paul being the, uh, passionate, and intense person that he is he's like okay let's go do it kind of crazy yes and so uh no matter how he was suffered no matter um what happened he was so um excited and passionate about doing that and he pursued it even though he uh was thrown in prison and uh shipped off to rome he's like okay this is what god's doing i'm gonna go meet with the emperor and we're gonna like Say he's going to become saved, and then the whole nation's going to be saved, and that's what he was probably believing was going to happen. And yet, when he gets to Rome, he's thrown in under house arrest for the rest of his life. Essentially, he um, he does get to meet with Nero, Nero at the very end and is beheaded. He dies, um, but we don't know what God does in Nero's life. But what we do know is that because Paul was imprisoned in Rome, because he suffered and was enchained and enslaved for a good chunk of his life, we have most of the New Testament. Because mm. if Paul wasn't in prison, then he would have been able to go around to those churches and um, preach to them and help them individually as opposed to having to write them letters. But since he was in prison, he had to write letters and couldn't go there personally. And so hmm. short term, it probably would have been better if Paul hadn't been hadn't gone to Rome and hadn't been in prison. However, long term, we're still affected by that, by Paul being in prison. Long term, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament if it weren't for that. And so God is playing the long game. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the thing, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He's right. like in prison right? when he says that. So he's not talking about entrepreneurship. Right. <laughs> he's talking about finding joy and being thankful because he knows God mm. is going to work. And he's so excited to see what God's going to do, even if it means his suffering. And even if we can't see it. Yeah. And Paul died. Paul was beheaded, never seeing what God's going to do. That is wild. He doesn't know that we're reading his letters, huh? Unless there's... We don't exactly know how it all works, so maybe he uh, is looking down from heaven in some way and seeing things, but we don't exactly know how that works. Maybe. So, but either way, he will never understand or appreciate the fullness of what God did in his imprisonment. Paul's going to be an OG. (laughs) Everybody's going to want to meet with Paul. Be like, what? Paul, you're so short. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, well, unless we got any more questions, I think we're about Katie says that we are killing it. Katie, what's up, my my woman of God? Or not my woman. (laughs) My my friend that's also a woman. (laughs) If we want to do a shout-out, I mean, we we did an episode episode with her if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, shout-out to that episode. (laughs) I I actually want to have her on again. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I agree. She's cool. Um, Yeah. Katie's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really I don't think I have anything else to say. I mean, we got some exciting things coming up. I can't really tell you about it yet cuz not fully established yet, but Caleb and I have been planning and yes. we will continue planning. Um but as, you know, th- there's certain things that are are coming our way like my graduation in May where things become real. I'm no longer right. a student. You know, I don't have that student card anymore. <laughs> and I think it's good. Um, I think the Lord has played a role in, in, in developing my life through college and using this time to completely transform who I am. But, but, uh, but there's a cutoff date when it's like, boom, it's, we're ready to, to go. And so we have some exciting things coming up. And I, I really want to share you, with you what we're doing, um, but it's not yet coming. Who do we have on the podcast next, and when when is it? Uh, that is a good question. Let me pull it up. Um, but either way, we are excited to share with the, those things with you. But We have Nick. Nick. Dude, that's going to be a fun one. Nick on Friday the 26th. Yes. So I feel like we should have something day. Tuesday. Uh, we did, didn't we? And then we... Reschedule. Yeah, because you have... We'll do something Tuesday. We'll do something Tuesday. Tuesday the 23rd. Be on the lookout. We're going to come back out. We got some missions happening this weekend uh, for spring break, I guess. We get a whole day. When is break. the day? Is it just a Friday? Yeah, we get this this Friday off. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but it kind of... I heard UT has a full week. Just saying. <laughs> well, we got like a month and a ha- half for winter That's break, true. so it's been crazy. We we don't even have to go to class anymore, which is just wild. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank Things you guys for watching, and um, yeah, we want your insight. We're 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 thinking of some things. We're we're looking for direction for not only this show, but uh, some things we're doing next. We have some ideas and plans. So, but anything, any input is, is good. And so if you want to, I think you can contact us if you go to the, to the website. Creatingcurious.com. Yeah. And, and you can get, in, get a hold of us. But we want your feedback. And uh, thank you guys for getting us to 300 subscribers. I know it doesn't sound like a crazy amount, but I don't know, like a few months ago we were at 200. And it's just cool seeing something yeah. grow. Be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thankful for it. And yeah. I love that some, through the internet we get to talk to so many individual people and we really do care about each one of you guys individually and how the Lord's using it and affecting you. So we would love for you to reach out, either reach out on the website or, you know, hit me up. Instagram's probably easy. Hit me up through Instagram, uh, at created.curious. You can look up created.curious or my personal one, bailey.mullins or bailey underscore mullins, one of those. Um, but yeah, we want to hear feedback and we want, we want to hear from you guys. And so, if you have any suggestions on direction and, and, and what, what should be to come, we, we do want to get some really big guests 
on the show, just different people that have inspired us. And we may be doing that through Zoom. Um, I'm still working on this, this second studio in which we're going to be doing more Zoom podcasts and solo stuff. Um, some new equipment is coming in for that. Um, but yeah, we want to hear from you guys. So We have so many exciting things planned and... Um we're just excited to see what God is going to do. Yeah. Like we've been talking about with God's plan and um, change and unexpected things going on. We don't fully know what God is going to do, but we do know that God has removed things from both of our lives so that we can focus on what he has for us. And yeah. we believe and are excited in what God is going to do through this podcast um, through these other um, avenues that we are planning out. Yeah. And um, we want you guys to, to join us on that journey because it's not about us. It's about what God has, mm. what God is doing in our lives and in your guys' lives. Yeah. Isn't Caleb awesome? <laughs> Let's just let's give uh, Caleb some encouragement because he's awesome. Oh, and Bailey's the amazing host. Comment if leads. you love Caleb. If you love Caleb and you made it to the end of this podcast, comment Caleb is awesome. Caleb is awesome. Comment that so we can share some love for Caleb because Caleb is awesome. All right, are we done here? I think so. Reach out for us. Reach out to us. Share the episode with a friend, um, and continue the conversation with us. We want to we want to hear from you guys. So. Thanks for joining us. See you guys uh, on Tuesday. Deuces.